It is so good to be at Calvary Bible Church this morning. And it's so good to be home, really. I mean, we feel like when we come here, we are home. And I see so many faces that I recognize, and I'm sorry I was having a technology crisis this morning. There were so many people that I wanted to come up and give hugs to. So after Sunday school, I'll uh, come around and give you hugs. But uh, it is really good to be here. Um, I can't. I was just thinking when Dan was talking about that, almost 20 years. So, um, but it's it's really good to be here. And but a lot of faces I don't recognize. I look forward to meeting people and talking to people maybe I don't know as well. Um, what I wanted to do this morning is just give an overview of the ministry. And I felt like it was important, especially for Calvary, because Calvary has sent teams down. Many of you have been to Uganda to been to the campus at SOS. In fact, how many, raise your hand if you've been down. It's a lot of people. Uh, the, the campus has changed tremendously. Um, even since I left a couple of weeks ago, it's changed. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about that in just a minute. But what I wanted to do, just for, for those of you who've, who've been down there, I wanted to, I have Google Earth on, on up here in just a minute. I'll show you the, the changes we've made. Since I've been there, we've, Jen and I have been there for three years. Um, we've started a primary school, which was one of the main reasons that Jen and I went down. Um, we're in the process of, of building a, a pastor training center, uh, which got started last week. We had a grading team come in from California, and they're actually grading the grounds to start building the, the pastoral training center. And, uh, and I'm not sure exactly what the name is. We, we've changed it several times, but for right now, I'll call it the pastoral training center. Um, and so let me first, for those of you who haven't been down there, those of you who don't know much about SOS, let me first give you just an overview of the ministry, what we're, what we're trying to do. The main goal of SOS is to see Christ reign in the hearts of all the people in Uganda. That's our goal. That's what we want to see. And we have really two strategies to accomplish that. One is community outreach, and one is focusing on training the local pastors, Ugandan pastors. And so um, many of you have met Shannon a few weeks ago. He really does most of the pastoral training, um, although, although I'm involved in that as well. But he usually travels and does the conferences. So with the pastoral training, what we do is we, we travel around all over Uganda and we do training for pastors. We hold conferences. The first time I went down, in fact, was with Dan. Dan went down and, and preached and taught pastors. So that's one aspect of it. But, th but there's an element of that that we really feel like we needed to get, have more influence over the local pastors rather than just a once-a-year training, which is what it amounts to what we've been doing. So Shannon had this vision of starting a training center, and so he bought this property, and we are, for those of you who haven't been there, we're out in, in a small remote village, um, and we want to have a pastoral training center there. So why out in the village? Well, primarily because 90 to 95 percent of pastors in Uganda are pastoring in that kind of a setting. And so it didn't make sense to have the training center in Kampala, the capital city, because really for the average village person to go to Kampala, it's like, it's like a different culture 
for them. In fact, many of the people that live in our village have never even been to Kampala, and it's more of a modern city. Like, really, I'm more comfortable in Kampala than they are. Um, I know how to get around better in Kampala than some of the people from the village, and so it didn't make sense to us to start this training center, or to, for Shannon to start the training center in Kampala. We wanted rather to have them trained in an area, in a, in a situation or a setting that they are more common in Uganda, they would be, that they, the situation they would be in when they became a pastor. So let me pull up, let me pull up this Google map and I'll show you the pastoral training center, where it's going to be. So for those of you who have been there, this is the main road that you come in on. This is our campus and I would try to zoom out, but I don't want to mess anything up. If you see this, this line right here, this is our fence line. So this is about 80 acres. So you, you come in, you come in this road. This is our village. Our village is about this area right here. It's called Kubamitwe. Anybody want to try to say that? Very good, Nick. Uh, <laughs> um, Kubamitwe literally means to beat the head. And an interesting uh, thing that we found out, I think, after we moved there is that it's it was the execution place for kings and presidents in the years past. The current president, um, Museveni, is the one that stopped it. But this was the place where they would execute people. So the, the village really has a, a very sad history. Um, it was known for drunks and fights, um, pretty much. People were ashamed to say that they were from Kubamitwe five, ten years ago. Um, but now people are actually proud to say that they're from Kubamitwe. So back to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chase rabbits. Y'all just have to stay with me. Uh, so as you come in, those of you who've been there, you come in this way. This is our entrance, the main entrance right here. This is the mango tree or the roundabout. Um, our, this is the church building that Calvary um, dug the foundation for, which is a pretty grueling task, <laughs> especially on those, the, the grading team, I've come to find out, this part was graded, and it had a, they had graded it for the building, and when they do that, they drive these big machines over this red clay, and they pack it down, and it's like nearly impossible to dig, so y'all had actually a hard job. Since then, these two buildings have been built, and these we use for Sunday school and training now. This is where the primary school started, but this year we moved into our main location. This used to be all just a bush on this side over here, but we had that graded. The first three buildings you can see here, what we're going to do is build a building right here, one right here, and one right here, so it'll make a, a, a courtyard, and the admin building will be here, the cafeteria will be here. We've actually started the cafeteria. Um, so this is the legacy, but I'm, I'm, I'm chasing another rabbit. Let me get back to the pastoral training center. The week I left, a grading team came in, and they graded this whole area back in this corner for the pastoral training center. So what, what we'll have is housing back in this area, and then right here will be the training center. So it'll consist of some classrooms and uh, an admin, and then also another cafeteria over here, just so that it's completely separate from everything. I think originally we were going to try to do it in these classrooms, but as we talked about it, we just felt like it was better for the church to be separate. We really are dependent on these classrooms because we have 
three Sunday school classes, and I think next year we're gonna try to do four. So we decided let's just build new buildings over here and have it be separate from the church. Um, so this is where the pastoral training center buildings will start next year, and we hope to have our first class in, in 2017. So this area, when I get back, I'll be excited to see this whole area is graded. They put in a road, hopefully, which is what they were supposed to do. That goes like that. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who haven't been here, this is the Hurley's home. This is our home. And then we actually have, this is an older picture. This right here is the beginning of the estate building. Used to, there was a little red brick building right here. I don't know if it's on here. I can't see it. Um, a little red brick building right here, maybe that's it right there, that they used to cook the meals for all the employees. That's now being done over here. This little building has been torn down. Um, and my wife says, amen. Um, and so uh, the, the estate building's here, and they, we've even built right here, we built an administration building. And that was finished the, the day I left. They were finishing the floors so they were going to start moving in. So I'll go back and my office will be moved over here. We were officing in this small building, but this will be a short-term housing. Um, so a lot of changes. For those of you who haven't been there, one of the things we offer our teachers at Legacy, well, I'll come back to Legacy. So the Pastoral Training Center is one of the ways that we try to reach our goal of having the heart, the Christ reign in the hearts of all Ugandans. The second way is through community outreach. We live in a community and we want to reach the community for Christ. We can't just go start a center there and not worry about the community. So the first thing actually that happened when Shannon moved in was he started reaching out to the community. And I know I'm going over a lot of information that most of you know, but I know there's people here who may not know. We do emergency health services um, if someone comes and they have an emergency, we'll take them to the closest hospital, which is about an hour away. We have education, which is the Legacy Christian Academy. Um, we do community events. We do community projects. In fact, the video that I'm going to show in a minute will show some of the projects that we've done for the community. One of the main issues that this community had was that nobody had toilets, and so they were just using the bathroom outside. Well, that leads to a lot of health problems, and so one of the things that SOS did was they went in and they said, look, we'll provide you with a, a cement top with a hole in it, and, and you dig the hole, they put this on top, and then that's their toilet, um, and, and it has handles in it, so every so often you can move it to a new location um, as, as you uh, reach capacity. <laughs> so uh, that was one of the things we, one, on the video you're going to see we just did a road project nobody appreciates the roads um, but everybody uses them most of the people are farmers and they farm not only for their families but they'll sell whatever they don't use but the way they sell is they'll have a truck come through the village and then they, they'll sell whatever they have to this person this person takes it and then sells it somewhere else um, the the problem is that our roads were so bad and these trucks either couldn't get back there or didn't want to come back there. And so we did a road project where we had the whole road graded um, just to make it easier for transportation. Um, and it made it a lot easier for us, although, you know, we have four-wheel drive so we can manage the roads, but a lot of these trucks that try to come back there don't. Um, so we did a road project. You'll see some of the things that we do, but we do movie nights, we do outreach, 
Um, those are the things we do to try to love the community and try to reach the community for Christ. So that's really our main focus at this point. At some point, um, we'd love to have some kind of a evangelical voice for the whole nation where we're not just um, we're not just focused on the Baptist churches. Right now, the, mostly what we work with is the Baptist Union just because we feel like that's the strongest church organization in Uganda, and that's what we want to focus on. So we really work on training the pastors, working with the leadership. Shannon just put together a constitution for the Baptist Union, which they really needed. It was very unorganized. Um, the way they uh, selected pastors was uh, not best. It ended up with a, a lot of problems. A lot of pastors, people who shouldn't be pastors were pastors. Um, so that's, that's the growth of, of SOS. It seems like anytime you leave, you, you come back and it's completely different. Uh, one of the other things, big thing, we have a soccer field right here, which is a major outreach opportunity. We hold tournaments there, and, and we have a team. I don't play on it. Um, if it's a serious game, sometimes I play. If it's not, not serious, Sean actually played when he came down in one of the tournaments. Um, so we have, and that's a great avenue for outreach. Uh, so the teachers, they come in, and all of the teachers are from Kampala. And to get them to move to a village is somewhat challenging. It's not something that most people who have a college education want to do. In fact, they get a college education so they don't have to live in the village. Um, so one of the things that we offer is housing for the teachers. And if you look over here, we have uh, buildings that are designed for teachers, designed by Nathan, as a matter of fact. Nathan's in here, right? Um, Nathan designed our teacher triplexes. They're beautiful buildings. Um, there's three units in each building. And so right now there's five. You can see they go this way, and they should be starting a sixth one right here. So we're going to kind of create a little courtyard area for the teachers. Um, it, they're nice housing. The only drawback is from, uh, from a Kampala perspective is they don't have running water. But other than that, they're really nice housing. And uh, we put in a borehole right over here so that they would have easier access to water. These are our manager's homes. You'll see in just a minute, uh, Shannon and I are the two missionaries there. We have five managers that oversee all of the ministry. Um, and we just, Shannon and I oversee the five managers. And that's kind of how SOS is set up. So the school, not only are we training the kids, giving them a good education, teaching them the Bible, teaching them to love their neighbor, teaching them all of the things that we want to teach our children. Not only are we doing that, but we're giving them tools and we're sending them home. And, they, and by, by them going home into their families, they bring all this stuff home with them. And if you don't, if you don't know, Uganda's education system is a boarding school situation. Most 95, 98% of the kids in Uganda go to a boarding school. We didn't want to do a boarding school because we didn't want, we wanted our kids to go home and be with their families. We wanted to give them some of the things and have them take these things home so that they could impact their families. And really, part of our outreach with the school is not just to the kids, it's to the families, it's also to the teachers. We disciple these teachers. A lot of times we don't know for sure if they're genuine believers when they come in. Most people in Uganda would tell you that they're a believer, um, but, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are. And so when these people come in, we don't know 
time reveals whether they're genuine believers or not. And, uh, but really the teachers, one of the main things that I do is discipleship with the teachers. I do a Bible study with them uh, once a week in the mornings. Um, and then we just set up a program when we go back. Jen's going to start working, doing a Bible study with them as well. And so we really try to impact our teachers. But the families are also being impacted. We had a, a dad this, this, this year, the first term, we had a kid who was performing very poorly, but he had done well in the past. And so we're trying to figure out, the teacher comes to Solomon, the headmaster, and is like, this, this kid, he's not doing well. Solomon and I talk about it, and we're like, let's go visit the dad and see what's, what's happening. So we went to go visit the dad. The dad's an alcoholic, never really does anything for this kid. This kid's a problem in the community. Most parents don't, don't want this kid around their house. Uh, the dad's AWOL. The kid goes home, he fends for himself. He goes to bed, his dad comes home late at night, usually drunk and then the kid gets up and goes to school the next morning. There's no parental involvement. And so, um, so we go visit the dad and realize what's, what's happening. So we had a really good opportunity to talk to this dad and just really emphasize the fact that, look, this is your son and you need to be taking care of him. Well, um, as a result of that, this dad has since really kind of waken up and started being involved in this kid's life. So much so the teacher comes to Solomon a few weeks ago and says, you won't believe the difference in this kid. Like he's engaged in school, he's not a problem anymore, he's really, he's really changing. So not only we have those opportunities, but sometimes we have opportunities where we, we had some, um, uh, several Muslim families have their kids at our school. I know that sounds strange to us, but in Uganda, that's pretty well accepted. In fact, you'll have some Christian kids going to a Muslim school just because schools there don't teach religion. They just teach subjects. And so um, we had the, several Muslim families in our school, and after the Christmas break, this kid didn't come back to school. And so we went to visit the dad, and we're like, did we do something? I mean, why isn't your kid in school? And he said, well, he goes, no, y'all didn't do anything wrong. He said, I just didn't know y'all were going to teach Christianity. And we were like, well, we were pretty upfront about that when we started the school. That this isn't just Christian in name only. We're actually teaching the Bible as the only way. Jesus as the only way in teaching the Bible. And so what had happened was over Christmas break, this Muslim's family all came together to celebrate. Not Christmas, but to celebrate. And, um, and this kid is singing about Jesus <laughs> and quoting his scripture memory. And the dad was so embarrassed that his kid in front of all of his family is doing this that he just pulled him out of school and I said you know I said why are you Muslim and he was like oh, my because my dad was a Muslim and his dad was a Muslim and I said well have you ever read the Quran and he said no I said have you ever read the Bible and he said no and I said you're telling me that you're Muslim just because your family is and and don't get me wrong I mean I, I appreciate that to, on, on a level but I was like, have you, have, you're going to base your eternity off of what your family does. And, and he was pretty much yes. And I said, you know, if you'll read the Gospel of John, I'll give you a Bible. And that's a big deal in Uganda to give somebody a Bible. And he was like, I won't do it. So we were like, I, well, you know, we're sorry you're taking your kid out. He's missing out on a great quality education. And he was like, yeah, but I can't have my kid learning Christianity. So... He actually lives right over here. No, 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 back over in this area. Um, 
we, our education is going extremely well. There's been bumps in the roads. We've had issues with teachers we've had to work through, um, sometimes painfully, but, but the, edu- the, ki- the kids are getting a great education, and, and so much so that I think we're, we're probably, our, most of our kids, the top half of our kids could probably function in an American classroom, and, and that's a big deal. Um, we had a kid, um, and I think, Darla, you can correct me on this, because I don't know the standards here, but isn't it in first grade, isn't it around 100 words a minute you're supposed to read? Yeah, we, we actually had one, one kid, not everybody, we had one kid in English, and this is a second language, language for them, reading 100 words a minute at the end of first grade. Um, so they're getting a, a great education. Our teachers are doing a fantastic job. And so we praise the Lord. And one prayer request is you would just pray for our school, pray for our teachers. Again, we get teachers, they come in, and, and they're, here, here's the problem. They live together. They work together. And, and so you're going to have problems. And so working through, we really look at it like let's shepherd these teachers, let's show them what it means to live in community. And, um, and so that's really a, a huge prayer request that's on my heart, just because that's mostly what I deal with. But, um, but that can be challenging at times. And just pray, we have a good core. We have a good core of teachers. I'm really excited about that. Um, but we do have some that are more, they, they haven't really bought into the, the Christianity thing to the degree that we have. So we have some issues that we're trying to work through. Um, so, are there any questions on this aspect? And I'll keep going. Yes, ma'am. In, in just this village, um, there's probably 100, 150. But, but if you go just a kilometer this way, or this way, or really any way, you're going to run into another village. So our immediate area is probably five villages, and um, maybe even more. I would say that kids that come to our school are probably from eight to ten villages, um, and so we have 200 kids. We, I, I, I should have mentioned this. Um, we, have, we go through the first grade this year. Next year, we'll add second grade. We have this year 200 kids. Next year, we'll add 50 more kids, and so each year, we add four teachers and 50 kids. There's two teachers per classroom of 25 students. And every grade level, have, we have two classrooms. Um, so that's, so there, our village is not, I mean, no village is really big, but they're all together. So, um, so there's probably, we, we, we're running about 250 to 300 people in church, but we also send a truck out. So it's, we're sending out, we're going out further for church than we would for school. All the kids walk to school, so you have to be within walking distance which for Ugandan is a long ways. There was a girl walking, I think, I think it was like five miles one way every day to school. Um, she was in high school. We don't have high school yet. Lord willing, we'll get there, but we just have to finish primary school. <laughs> and that by itself is a daunting task. Any other questions? Yeah. We do. We actually have uh, two families joining the ministry. Uh, Anthony Basaba is a Ugandan who 
was sent to Southern to get a degree to come back and teach at the Bible Training Center, and he's coming in May with his wife. And then we have another family from San Antonio that's going to be moving down sometime this summer. We're not sure, not sure when. Next summer. I meant this coming summer, not this one that we're in, sorry. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I don't think in terms of summer anymore because it's, we don't have summer there. It's always summer. <laughs> um, so like next, next June or July, this other family will come down and he'll, his main responsibility will be more the administration end of the Bible Training Center. And they're a really sweet couple. They've been down and they do have a daughter, yeah. Yeah. Y'all feel free to ask Jen a question too if you want to. Any other questions? Okay, I have a video I'm going to show at the end, um, and then I'll take more questions if you have them. But the video will give you some more of like um, life on the ground, more pictures, I guess. But we're excited. Things are going extremely well. Um, Jen and I have both grown tremendously as a result of being there. You know, it's the first year was challenging. The second year got easier. The third year, I think we feel like, you know, we're, we're home. And it's, it's like home to us. In fact, when we, we left, it was sort of bittersweet because that's our family, really. We're coming home to family, but we're leaving family. So it, it was kind of bittersweet. Okay. Any other questions? Yeah. Yeah, the Lord is so amazing. Like, he has blessed us in so many ways. There is a guy in California that owns a grading firm, and all he does is grade work. And, uh, and he comes out every couple of years, brings a, a couple of guys with him, and we hire machines, and they just run the project. So it's great, um, which I normally oversee, but I wasn't there this time, so Shannon was probably, probably, yeah, missing me this last week. Um, <laughs> um, but it's great. Those guys are, they bring all these equipment. I mean, they shoot levels, and they build pads for all the buildings. Not the machines. They bring, they bring some equipment that they can fit in suitcases. The, the, the grading machines we hire from Kampala. And they just come out. But he brought one of his graders, the guy that runs the machines. And, and we hire the machines that comes with the driver. But those drivers, they don't care. So they're, you know, usually this guy just gets in the machine and, and runs the machine. And he's a lot faster. Like, he's really quick. Um, so, so, yeah, it's, it's a huge blessing. I mean, but they did this, whole, they graded this whole area. And they think of things that, you know, I wouldn't think about like water drainage and stuff like that. And, and they, yeah, helpful things <laughs> that, that I overlooked. So yeah, we're excited. In the future, long term, Lord willing, we'll do a secondary school. One of the things, you know, starting the primary school was sort of like getting a train going. And once it leaves the station, it's not easy to stop, you know, and so so our goal at this point is just to finish the primary and work out all the kinks and and then but there's definitely going to be a need for a secondary because you're going to have all these kids. Here's the challenge. You're going to have all these kids
who have very little income. And then they're going to have a great education, but the local secondary schools, they'll be, they'll be really so prepared that they could go into an elite high school, um, but they won't have the money. So, yes, sir. Uh, so primary is through seventh grade. Their education system, they have primary, secondary. Primary goes through seventh. Secondary starts eighth all the way through 12th. In Uganda, you test at 10th grade. If you don't do well on that test, you stop. And if you do well, it's, I think that's pretty common for UK. Uganda was a British colony, so it's influenced by the UK. So, yeah. Well, I think the primary, I don't know secondary reasons, but I think the primary reason was just like I was saying, the, that he wanted to train pastors in a setting that they would probably be in. So they're, they're dealing with the issues that they're going to deal with in a village setting. Um, as far as why this village, that I don't know. I know he had a real estate guy just help him find a spot. And the other thing was we, he needed land. So being able to acquire a big piece of land is challenging in Uganda, I think, because there's so many, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and the problem with SOS is neither Shannon nor myself are techie people. Um, so we have people in the states that are trying to help get, I think they're working on a web, if you go to our website, I don't know if it's up yet or not, I'll check and find out, but there's supposed to be a link where you can sponsor a kid. But yeah, you, if you go to the website, sosministries.com, .com or .org, .com, um, there should be a way you can link and sponsor a kid. Because we do, the school is, is sponsorship-based, um, and every year we have an additional 50 students, so that's 50 more students that we need to sponsor. Because I think it cost, the last time I did the analysis, it cost us about um, 800,000 shillings, which would be, what, $300? It cost us about $300 for a student per term, and they pay, let me do shillings. 800,000 shillings, which is about $300, and the parents pay 40,000 shillings for the education, which is $15, Oh, uh, Term is like 12 weeks. Yes, ma'am. Have a what? We do. We have two dry and two rainy. Yeah. And they're... The rainy season, dry season is like December 15th through the end of February. And then rainy season's March, April. Then you go back to dry for a few months and then it's rainy and a few months and then dry again. Pace? Those are 40,000. Mm -hmm. And there are three classroom. Three classrooms. You'll get to see inside some and just on the video. 
Yeah, they'll be required to pay a little bit. What we're hoping to do is, is have them, we want pastors who are, have some accountability to their associations. So we want to have the associations involved in selecting the pastors just so there's accountability. So when they go back, they're under someone's authority. And, um, and so we want the associations to help also just so that they're committed and then the pastor would help a little bit, but it wouldn't be, it would probably be similar to what we're doing with legacy. It's not, it would just be enough so that there's a commitment, but not so much that they can't afford it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, those are, those are, tend to always be somewhat of a challenge. You know, as we grow, we tend to grow, but, and our utilities are growing too. Like we're, we're developing more and more, but, but our building is always in front of that. And so, um, but I mean, things are definitely getting better. The, um, we still have the same water tower. So what we do is we have a borehole, we pump water up into a tower and it's gravity fed to the buildings. Now we have, um, the church has water. At least there's water down here. It's not inside the buildings. The school has water at the kitchen, um, and it's all from our, our pump, our well, I mean our tower, which is right here, as well as our two houses. And then we're about to build two more missionary homes over in this area, so that'll be added also. And right now, when I first moved in, we were running our pump a couple hours a day, now we're running it like 10, because the school is using it. The other thing we do is none of these kids have like toothbrushes at home, and and so uh, really their medical issues are very basic if you just prevent some things. And so the first thing they do, we put sinks in at the school and the first thing they do when they get to school is they go to their classroom, they get their toothbrush and their toothpaste and they go brush their teeth. So we're teaching them some hygiene as well as academics. Um, so the school is using um, a lot of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's new, they're used to pumping water. So here you just turn a handle and water comes out. And so usually when I go down there playing in it and, and I'm the water Nazi. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, it's, a deep, it's a deep well, so it's, it's pretty clean. You could probably drink it. But we have a, we have a our drinking water is filtered, yeah. Yeah, so we have like a little water filtration thing. We put our drinking water, but we brush our teeth with the pump water out of the sink. You know, um, we, the, the only the thing that we need is our batteries need to be replaced on our house, our solar batteries. Um, uh, but that, I think that's the main thing. But I mean, it's, it's probably a couple of thousand. But it's not, I, anyway, we can. Yeah, some of those things we're trying to work, we're walking through, it's, it's kind of the first time, and so I think that technically should be an SOS, 
but we don't know. We haven't really. We've talked about it briefly, but um, but we've not come to a conclusion. So it's a growing ministry. So a lot of these things are we're still trying to figure out. Well, let me see if I can get the video to work. <laughs> so I'll come back up after the video and, and just see if there's any other questions.
So are there any other questions?
so. <laughs> Y'all can ask Jen a question too if you. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. teachers coming in, we found that all of a sudden, a lot of the teachers were coming to Bible studies, and then some of our village ladies weren't coming. I, I, it seemed to be a problem, Legacy like, teachers. yeah, where all of a sudden they were like, well, I'm not educated. So Danielle and I spent some time praying, and we said, you know what, we need to go out there. So what we did then is we split it up. We have all these main villages, so Jackie Kavuma, who is um, the headmaster's wife, she's more spiritually mature. So she'll, on Wednesdays, we each now walk to a Bible study and are trying to reach those people in those areas. And that seemed to really help. And really, even for me, it was good because I can be so busy just trying to survive there, too. It, it makes me get up and out and go, and I'm always so blessed that I go. And so even in our group, it's funny, culturally, people get offended if it's like, well, she didn't come to my hut. Why not? Okay, so, so then um, what we do in ours is I, I go around. We go to a different one every time. And I don't even know how they communicate, but, I mean, it gets around where I'm like, so they know we're coming. Oh, yeah. And we'll go, and there will be like a little doily set on a table and like a little rustic bench. And, I, you know, the ladies in my Bible study, they're very uneducated. Um, so my, my translator, you know, we go around, we try to help them all open to just one or two scriptures. They try to read. They want to read so bad it's painful. You know, it'll be one verse, and like three or four minutes later, I'm always kind of looking at Lydia like, are they done yet? And really, their language, it's like for every one word, they have got 10 to 12. It's, it's long. So I'm like, wow, that was just one verse. That was long. Um, and so that's been... That's been a really neat thing for those. And then really quick, because, you know, I just want to share. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> you better, I need support. What happened? I feel like one of the neat things that, that has come about for Damon and I is we're more on the grounds. Um, we're there most of the time. And... So we're getting to help more and more people in their marriages. A lot of people are coming to us. I mean, you know, we're in a community where there's a lot of polygamy, and men beat their wives, and wives beat their children, and, and it's, it's really tragic. But some are coming to Christ, and some are seeing, okay, I want to be different, but you've got to understand for them, it's countercultural to not beat your children. It's countercultural to actually show any type of concern or affection. So for what's really neat now is Damon and I are getting the opportunity, especially after that marriage conference we had pictures of, um, when, we, when we did a Q&A afterwards, like, what have you learned? 
I mean, I was in tears. They stood up. One said, I never realized that God cared about marriage, that it was his institution, and that it's to be held in honor. And they just were all saying, we've been changed. We're, we're going to try to start being friends. And we're going to try to start spending time together. And so one of the things that they've been asking us to do is to do like a marriage Bible study. And so that's one of the things that we've been praying about doing when we go back. Um, just trying to help them out because there's, they're not going to get any help in their culture at all. Because it's, it's not what you do there. You know, it's, it's a survival community, and um, so it's been neat in my Bible studies to see the impact at the end. I asked, I did a Q&A just saying, what has God taught you this year? And a lot of these women have been abandoned by their husbands, and um, one of them said, you know, you said that we should pray for our husbands. I started praying for my husband, and, and she never knows when he's going to show up. She really doesn't know if maybe even has another family. That's real common. She told me. Jen, he called today. He called me. He never calls me. He, he checked on me, and he asked if there was anything I need. And she said, I, I can't believe it. And I said, God is answering your prayers, you know. And then another one said, Jen, I used to beat my children. I would even grab them by the neck. And she said, when you taught us, like, on how to have a gentle and a quiet spirit, and then I've, I've talked them through a lot of what does biblical discipline look like? She said, I no longer beat them. Instead, I try to biblically discipline them. And you know what? God's changing us. And now we have better relationships than we've ever had because God's changing me. And so one last thing. Um, <laughs> the other thing we taught in our Bible studies this year was on um, biblical womanhood. So the concept in, in my group that women are created equal in value but different in function. Well, they didn't know they were equal in value. One lady said, I didn't know that I, I was loved by God and that he cared for me the same way he would care for a man. And she's, she's kind of, um, you know, in a sad marriage situation. And what was neat is I was able to tell her, because now you know you're loved and valued by God, even if someone speaks to you in a way that they really never should, you don't have to receive that condemnation, though, in your heart. You can know. I said, instead, you can see it as a form of biblical suffering, but you don't have to say, I'm a loser. Instead, you can say, Lord, you love me, and you're going to give me the grace to love this husband and maybe even love him to the Lord because he sees change. So I really, I really do feel like God is doing really amazing things in some families, and we're just amazed because it's God's grace that's doing it. I think the challenging thing is like for a lot of the people who actually apply what we're teaching, they'll be persecuted to some degree by those who don't come to church, and it's, it's like they view what we're teaching as, well, that's just the white person teaching, and so one of the things we're careful to try to do is this is what God says. This is God's word. This is what God teaches about this. This is not my culture. And in fact, my culture doesn't even follow this. And so that's one of the challenges I think a lot of people face. But there are a lot of people who are growing. A lot of people who are starting to, their eyes have been opened. They're starting to see things. So. I'm done. I don't need that. Yes. We order them from a 
uniform company. So that's part of their school fees. They don't have to get their own uniforms. We have a company come out, measure them, make the uniforms. So, yes, ma'am. We, we have that, um, so we do that. We obviously, it's time is sort of a, a factor. My degree's in English, so I do an English class with, with some of the adults. Um, but, I've, I mean, there's definitely, there's always, you could be doing more. It's just a, a time factor. You're pulled in so many different directions that there's, your time's limited. But. Let me share some prayer requests, and then we'll close in prayer. Um, some ways you can be praying for us is obviously if you just keep in mind our main goal is to see Christ reigning in the hearts of people. Um, we want to see that in the teachers. So you can just pray for our teachers. Pray that God would just open some of their eyes that, to the fact that they're not believers. Um, <clears throat> that, that God would really do a work in their hearts and that they would um, really grasp the vision of legacy. Um, the ones who've really grasped it, they're doing great. They're doing fantastic. I mean, we couldn't ask for better teachers. Um, but every year, it seems like we have a new group of teachers because we're always adding teachers. And it's always like, okay, when, is, when are the problems going to begin? And so eventually, after time allows for things to happen and the hearts to come out, we start to see things. But you could just pray for wisdom in that regard to know how to deal with with the teachers, that they would be receptive um, to what we're doing. And um, for the kids, you can continue to pray for the kids, that they would not only know the truth, but believe it, um, that it wouldn't just be something that we're teaching that they can repeat, but something that's part of the fabric of their life, part of their hearts. Um, you can pray for the ministry as a whole as regarding the pastoral training, we, for, that God would give us continue to give us favor with the leadership in the Baptist Union because that's always changing. They elect new leadership, and, and sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's difficult. Um, but just pray that God would continue to give us favor with the Baptist Union and, and let us have more open doors. I feel like for the most part with the local leadership, with the people on the ground, we have a great relationship. Um, but sometimes with the, the, the leadership, the guy that runs the Baptist Union, I think sometimes he feels threatened by what we're doing. And, and sometimes there's not as much of an openness, and, and sometimes there's even resistance. So just pray that God would open those doors. Um, just pray for our marriage, that our hearts would continue to grow closer to one another, and, and, and that we would continue to pursue the Lord and not be distracted by busyness, because that's, that's a danger everywhere, not just here, but even in, in Uganda, in, in a village, um, and that we would continue to grow closer to one another. Um, I feel like our marriage is doing great. Um, we've grown closer because we've had all the distractions pulled away from us and, and all the friendships pulled away from us. And, and so we've really had to become, not that we weren't best friends, but really our only friends, sort of. I mean, we have Shannon and Danielle, but, but they're busy too. Um, and so you don't, have, you don't have other friends to just run to for fellowship or whatever. So... Um, but I feel like God's really given us grace in that area, but just continue to pray for that. Anything else you would, you would add? Pray for our kids, that they would continue seeking the Lord. Um, 
but that would we greatly appreciate your prayers. Listen, prayer is so important. We're so dependent on it, and so we covet your prayers. And I don't say that, and I say that from the bottom of my heart. So please pray for us. Um, so let me close in prayer. Father, we just thank you for the privilege that you've given each of us, no matter where we are, no matter what we do. You've given us the privilege of serving you. You've given us the privilege of being missionaries in our own culture and the people that we in, interact with and our families even sometimes. Lord, I pray that you would help us to love you with all of our hearts, to serve you with all of our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would burn in our hearts the, the mission that you've given us to see you reign in the hearts of people. Father, we thank you for the opportunities that you give us, Lord, and we just thank you that you've called us even to come together um, on this day, that we would worship in fellowship, that we would worship as a body of believers, that we would come together in unity and glorify your name. Father, help us to do that. Help us to not focus on ourselves, not focus on the problems that may be facing each of us, Lord. Help us to focus on you. Thank you for the elders here at this church. I pray that you would continue to strengthen them, give them a vision for this body of believers, Lord. Thank you for the way that they serve the body of Christ here. And Lord, I just pray even for their marriages, that you would continue to strengthen their marriages, continue to, to knit their hearts together. Lord, I thank you for the people who are faithful behind the scenes here, the people who you don't necessarily, people coming in may not see, but they've been faithfully serving all morning. Lord, thank you for them. Thank you for their hearts. Lord, we just praise you because you're worthy of all praise. We thank you that you give us the life and the breath and the, uh, the, even the energy to worship you this morning. Lord, I pray that the word that is preached, Lord, would, would have an impact in our hearts. Lord, that we would leave a changed people so that we would honor you more in our lives. Lord, we thank you for this beacon in this community. We pray that you continue to shine brightly here and that people would be drawn to you. We ask these things in Christ's name and for his kingdom's sake. Amen. Okay, well, Damon has taken all of my announcement time. Actually, Jen did. So um, <laughs> consult your bulletin for announcements. Um, Jen and Damon will be here for several weeks, so if you don't have time to speak to them today, you will have other opportunities in the future. Um, let's get to worship service.